VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. First hour down, two to go. It is great to have you in today, live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, a lot of choices out there. Thanks for making us part of your day. Nick Wright next hour, Matt Rule, Nebraska. He got an eight-year deal, so he's got some time to get this thing turned around. He turned around Temple, turned around Baylor. NFL's rough. NFL was rough for Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban. NFL's hard. Let's Pro- be real. Eight-year deal. You think he's got some time to turn it around? Well, I mean, and he's got the transfer portal. Much Ooh. easier to turn things Ooh. around now. In Nebraska? You can still go buy players. NIL? Warren Buffett? Oh, yeah. Warren Buffett just funding that, the Nebraska. He loves, he loves that team. Does he? I've driven by Warren Buffett's house. I've been to Omaha twice. Way underrated city. Wow. I know they play in Lincoln. Omaha's way underrated. They got the nicest Hilton I've ever stayed at. They got a great music venue, and I've driven by Warren Buffett's house. I'm, and they got I'm, a brickyard steakhouse. They have a brickyard, so you can go. I don't know why I, I know so much about Omaha and why I remember it, but I remember going to Omaha in the summer and being kind of blown away how cool it was. They had a brickyard area with a bunch of cool restaurants, and it was really good. What, what, um, really I'm a little me away. jealous of how many more states you've been to than me. Um, I know you're a little older and you know you Yeah, but you're an East Coasty and you guys think New York's everything, so you don't come visit. When you're a West Coast person, you have to visit every place so, because what's the allure of Omaha? Like what's getting you I to went Omaha to the college World Series and then I worked for another company and they oh. sent me there and it was a lot of fun and I was blown away by Omaha. For a small mm. American city, I thought it was awesome. The problem is we don't get a ton of vacation days, what, three, four weeks maybe? And it's like when you get those, you want to live it up, you know? And Why no can't you live it up? to Omaha and well, the brickyard you're, you're hyping. You're a coastal elite. I'm not a coastal anything, <laughs> you know? I can go to Omaha and have a great time with American normal people. Okay. You're out there with the cool cats. Well, I mean, I want to be around hot people, but <laughs> at the same time, I, I my family's from the Caribbean, so I tend to gravitate toward water and and beaches and oh my, my my family's british so i tend to gravitate to people with pointy noses and uh rainy weather so i like okay. I, I like hanging out with the peeps 
The next week, I'm going to be hanging out with your next-door neighbor and your mailman, knocking them down, having a good time, golfing. Got a couple of golf rounds. You you golf? Yes. Not b- particularly well, but I golf. You want to play around for some money? I'm not great. Oh, I'm just a natural Can you just do athlete. anything not for money? Is it okay to just have a life and go to the beach and not have to play a volleyball game and have a college scholar on the line? Uh, there's a... Listen, we just play one round for something. We don't have to. It doesn't have to be money. All I'm telling you is I've been to Omaha twice. Knocked my socks off. I thought it blew me away how cool of a town it was. Matt Rule, Nebraska football coach, will validate validate everything I just said. Be honest, the first time you went to Omaha, you were like, this place is cool. Am I right? 100% right. It's a, it's a great city, great town. Great town. So you you got an eight-year deal, so you got time to turn this puppy around. The NFL's never going to give anybody that, okay? I mean, even Belichick now gets heat. Um, the NIL, the transfer portal, actually, I watched Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley look, buy half a football team or however they got them there. It, does it feel like, hey, when you got into this business, it took four years, but in two years, you could change your roster. Is that realistic now? Yeah, I think some of the some of the rules that were lifted. You know, when I when I went to Baylor, it was, um, you know, obviously we're coming off a scandal. You know, we didn't yes. get to eighty five scholarship players the first year. You could only bring in like twenty five. Now we brought in forty new players, and so um, along with the transfer rules, they've 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 loosened some of the some of the rules in terms of how many guys you can bring. So you can you can really turn tr- turn things around way quicker. So, and when I say by players, I mean it's the NIL. It's all this stuff. Two years ago would have been illegal, and now it's understood. Players get compensation. Is it weird? So you've done the old school way in college. You've done pro football. Now you enter college that feels more like pro football. Is it odd? Is it uncomfortable? How does it, what, I can't even figure out what's legal, what's not. What is it like now for you? You know, I think, I think being in the NFL, you know, really helped me, you know, um, you kind of go through this period, you know, there's, there's the free agency period and, I think I, what I learned was like, hey, let everyone go handle their business, handle their money. And, and when they come back, they're kind of signed up. And so um, getting to the college and now with the NIL, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with investing in young people. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, guys being able to have some money to fly their parents to a game or, yeah. you know, obviously people are all different levels of the spectrum, but I'm pretty comfortable with it. You know, I think, you know, we just try to try to deal with it honestly and straightforward and uh, most young people, I think they they, they respect that. You know, it, it's it's interesting. It used to be there were f- pro football coaches in college, and some people still believe there's a stigma. But I've seen too many college guys go to pro. By the way, you had you had been an assistant and pro, so you're all you're like Tom Coughlin. You've done both. You've gone back and forth. Um, it feels like to me now that the NFL watches Saturday football and steals stuff. It didn't feel like that in the '60s. But but as I watch pro football, I'm like, oh, I thought I, I saw that at Florida State. I saw that at Oregon. Did you feel that when you were in the NFL that they're watching Saturdays more than they used to? A hundred percent. You know, I, I remember back at the Giants, uh, Perry Fuel was our DC, and I I actually went in and gave a presentation on kind of like the spread offense and zone read and how to defend it because that was the role I had lived when I was at Temple, and and uh, it was new to a lot of guys, and I think it's it's come a long way and. You know, my first year in Carolina, we started playing some like three down, three, three stack, which is pretty prevalent on defense in college. And everyone kind of mocked it a little bit like, oh, they're doing this college stuff. And 
I'm watching on Sundays now and there's a ton of people doing it. So everything's cyclical. Everyone's stealing from everybody. You know, we're watching the NFL and I know NFL guys are watching college. So Washington, UCLA, Oregon, uh, USC next year coming to the conference. Uh, you did very well in the Northeast. You did well in the Big 12. Now you're in the Big 10. Stylistically, you're looking at film now. Stylistically, what is... What does the Big Ten do really, really well, Matt? Like, as you watch film and you think, I've been around the country, wow, i got to figure this out. Yeah, I think the defense, uh, the defenses in the, in the Big Ten do a great job, I and mean, they just smother you. You know, they, 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 they're physical. They keep everything in front of you. They're built to play in November and December. You know, when you're in the ACC or the SEC, you're maybe not dealing with the same elements that you're dealing with in the Big Ten, at least as it stands now. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for us, you know, and I think you look at the offensive linemen in the big 10 and, you know, yes. last year, maybe the year before the most guys drafted. So, um, you're looking at big, powerful, physical offensive lines, big, powerful defenses. And, uh, it's a game built for playing in the weather. The, uh, the NFL experience is fascinating. Nick Saban figured this out. Steve Spurrier figured this out. A lot of it is who's your owner. Um, whereas you can have a conversation with a school president and a, a, an athletic director, and you're all kind of on the same page. You all have the same vision and goals. A billionaire comes in after a bad weekend. He may have a different opinion than you on the world. When you go, look, are you glad you went to the NFL? Did you gain something from it, though it wasn't viewed as successful win-loss record? Yeah, I, 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 I really appreciated my time. Um, you know, I hate it for my family that they had to move and then move again a couple of years later. But, you know, Colin, I feel like I'm a, a much better coach now after having been through that. I mean, just to have a chance to coach Christian McCaffrey or uh, Stephon Gilmore or, J- you know, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, to be around guys like that, um, to see excellence at its highest level. Um, I loved all the people I worked with. And, you know, for me, it was the first time I really had a lot of adversity, you know, so to de- be able to deal with adversity, to be in the pro game, like, like I've. I had a chance to go be on the same practice field with Bill Belichick and I watched him work and, you know, I'm a different coach now at practice. I, I, I basically just stole what I saw him do and, <laughs> and I do it. So it, it wasn't, it obviously wasn't a success, um, but I'm proud of what we did. And there, that, that's unique to people maybe, but like, I felt like we were heading in the right direction. It didn't work out. I'm a way better coach now after having been through all of it. So you got a quarterback, uh, Sims from Georgia Tech. Most of your top players, I look at your depth chart, the guys that get notable players are offensive players. Your background is scoring points quickly. So you had Temple and Baylor. It took a while to ramp up. Let me. You got better every year at both, but it took a while to ramp up. Should you be viable this year? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you know, I, I told our guys the other day, it usually takes me three years, and I wish I could do it faster. I'm, I'm just not smart enough to be able to do it in one year. But there's a bunch of guys on this roster that, that are seniors, man. They, it, so it's either is it, is, it, is it Matt Rule, Coach Rule's year one, or is it your guys' year four? And if guys like Jeff Sims, if, if guys like you know, all the great juniors and seniors we have, if they make it their team, then I think, I think Colin will be a team that people have to deal with you know, um, week in and week out. If it's, if it's me, then you know, I better, better wait for year two and year three. So I, our guys have really taken the bull by the horns. One thing about being in Nebraska – is, is, is these guys, they, they love the University of Nebraska. They love being Cornhuskers, and they, they want to be the team that gets us back on track. Yeah, I remember going to a game years ago. Uh, I was a play-by-play guy out of college for UNLV, and they got whacked. But I remember Nebraska fans cheering them as they left the field. It's such a unique environment. It's like the nicest people in the world. 
and but they have expectations and there's you know there's a lot of ghosts around there that won a lot of games and they're very hard on their coaches in a nice way in a civil way so if i if i, I mean they they are they they say the nice stuff and they're nice people but by year 2 by by the end of it they want some w's the um how do you preface it when you go in and talk about expectations and i'm a booster i'm a fan i've been going for 40 years i want to win coach what do you tell them you know, I, I think people have, you know, they, they're they at a point now where it's been seven or eight years. And I think people are just hungry for a step in the right direction, you know. And so, and I think people are excited about the things that we've done, you know, the way we've recruited, the way we've tried to get around the state. Um, you know, I, I know people want to win, but they also want to do things kind of the Nebraska way, you know. And right. Like for me, like being, being here, Colin is like, it's like college football's version of like chicken soup for the soul. Like this, this is great people. <laughs> I mean. Tom Osborne came up the other day just to shake my hand and wish me luck in the first game. Like you want to talk to someone like me that loves college football. It's like I'm pinching myself. So yes, there's expectations and people want us to win, but we also need to kind of go back to playing in the way that Nebraska's used to. We need to be a physical team. We need to be a hard nosed team. Yes. We can't lose games in the fourth quarter. Finally, you've coached under Coughlin. Uh, you've coached against Belichick and those guys. And in college, if I said to you, who's a coach you went up against and you came out of that chess match and went, Man, that guy's a good coach. That guy's a good coach. Who? You know, um, and he's not, you know, I don't know him personally very well, but I always thought Mike Gundy um, did more with, with, with not as much as everybody else. Never had like the four and five star recruiting classes, but like he was going to find a way to win nine, 10, 11 games every year. And every game that you went into, you know, you thought you were a step ahead of him and then bang, uh, he, he was a step ahead of you. I think he's one of the great coaches in college football that yeah. doesn't get nearly enough recognition yeah boy they put a lot of guys in pro football as well and so that you know he can develop because to your point he doesn't get five-star guys all right matt rule nebraska let's see they play oh Deion sanders week two that's a lot of glamour and cowboy hats have you looked at their tape are they any what, what do i what do i supposed to expect from that game well you know i i'll, I'll be honest with you i I've, I've followed it from afar you know they because they do such a good job of filming everything and i I think it's good for football right now. You know, I, I don't college football can't just be like in the southeast and a couple schools in the north. It's got to be what Lincoln's doing at USC, what 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 Coach Sanders is doing at Colorado. Hopefully, what we're doing in the middle of the country. Like this has to be a nationwide thing. And so um, you can tell from, from uh, that the Dion and his staffer they're going to recruit relentlessly and they're going to, they're going to have their team ready to play. It'll be a great, great game. And to think that Nebraska, Colorado is relevant again, will be on national TV. Uh, I think that's pretty cool for the game. Great stuff. Matt rule, Nebraska football head coach. Great seeing you. Good luck. I'll be watching uh, the big 10 next year expands. I think very favorably. I think it will, it will be a multiple time zone conference. You can watch it all day and I can't wait for it, Matt. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. You bet. Um, you know, I still contend the best, most dominant college football team I ever watched was 1995. I was at the game. Tommy Frazier, Lawrence Phillips, they faced Florida. It was a Fiesta Bowl, I think. I was, I was sitting in the press box. Florida was great, and they just rolled them. In fact, I, think, I was covering Florida for a, for a Tampa TV station. They, they might have had 60 in that, 50 or 60 They points. were was, so yeah. big. Yeah. They were just rolled over a great floor. I and mean, I mean just grabbed that SEC team and threw them all over the football field for three hours. How about Lawrence Phillips with the crop top shirt? Remember, Dude, remember he that? he was I mean, dominant. Had tank. some personal issues. Tommy Frazier yeah. is your classic 
Oh. Built for college football. Couldn't defend him. They, they, that team in the mid-90s, go look at their scores. Go Google mm. Nebraska 1995. 56-6. Yeah. to six. I mean, it was they just rolled over everybody. I think the only guy with a comparable college career to Tim Tebow is Tommy Frazier. When you just look at the stats they put up and how many wins, Frazier completely underrated. He was utterly dominant as a, co- as a college football player. Yeah, Vince Young also. You know another guy who had big numbers? Well, we're not we got to talk multiple years. Matt Leiner. Leiner had massive numbers. Yes, huge yes. numbers. But I, there's been some there, it's a good discussion like the top 5 college football quarterbacks, quarterbacks of the last Well, I would say Tebow culturally, I would say the best I, I I'm going to tell you something. Cam Newton yeah, but it was one year, though. You, okay. you need more than one year. I'm sorry. Cam Newton was unbelievable. Okay, that's yeah, fair. That. I would say um, didn't like him as a pro quarterback. Tommy Frazier and Vince Young. Now, culturally, Tim Tebow. Tim changed the whole Tebow. program. Yeah, yeah. Tim Dude, Tebow Vince Young. Was... Go look at Vince Young's yeah. high school tape. No, it, that, no I'm, not, I'm not joking. <laughs> it may be the greatest high school tape I've ever seen. He looked 38 against, like, 16-year-olds in Texas high school football. Yeah. Where, like, you know, the kids are big. We're oh, dead. yeah, Vince Young. Um, ooh. Well, two-year starter. Yes. I watched, yeah, him I, beat, I watched him beat Michigan and USC out here west, and I just couldn't stop him. Just a machine. Yeah. So, again, didn't love him as an NFL quarterback. He, was, he, he ran a lot, but yeah. Vince Young is a— single individual seasons, then Cam and Tom, Vince Young are in there. But I think for college career, Tommy Frazier. I think it's Frazier and Tebow, I think. Now, so, someone, maybe Leinart, I haven't seen all his numbers. How many years did he start? Three. three, okay, because he yeah, came Leonard back. Was he was? I mean, he had a, their team with Reggie Bush. And, oh, it was, oh a, it was that was fun. It was Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> it was just crazy acrobatic yeah. players. Good stuff. Nick Wright stopping by. See Nebraska. Who likes Omaha? Me, not him. I never said I didn't. By the way, all these people just sent me messages about the zoo in Nebraska. You didn't even reference. They have, apparently have a world-renowned zoo in Nebraska. I didn't, I didn't have time to visit. I was partying on the Brickyard. I think it was called the Brickyard. The, the Brickyard is like a, a NASCAR by the way, race, isn't it? By the way, you thought Wisconsin Dells uh, was a mall. <laughs> you know, the heartland is a bit of a hole in my game. Like... Well, it's you know, not. 70s baseball is a hole in my game. Some people, the heartland. a lot of times I tell the pilot of my private jet, let's pull over in the Midwest <laughs> and meet with the people. <laughs> All right, Senator Cowherd. That was really obnoxious. Yeah, I'm just joking. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The average break-in lasts 8 to 10 minutes. You need new 24-7 live guard protection from Simply Safe. Go to simplysafecolin.com. No safe like Simply Safe. J-Mac, you know, I was thinking about this. You, you, you were kind of, you didn't know much about Omaha, but the advantage to having space and in a more reasonably priced area is you, you can build more stuff. Like I was looking at the stadiums the other day and they were talking about like the best and worst NFL stadiums and like MetLife was like 28th or one of the worst. And so I don't necessarily think it's bad. It's just boring for $1.6 billion. There's nothing about it that's memorable. It's a generic stadium. Do you know what you could get for $1.6 billion in Michigan or in Tampa or in Dallas or in, I mean, I think Jerry World probably cost somewhere between 1.6 and 2 billion. And that thing is got a, everything shy of a nightclub and it, it may have a nightclub. So the downside, and, and by the way, MetLife Stadium's located in this like Meadowland sports complex with a horse track and a, it's awful. And you can see dead mobsters in the marshes and the freeways. It's just, well, I mean, it's just not an appealing, you right. drive up to, it's just junky. And it's yeah. like, well, that's what you get in New York. You, you just got so many people and so little space, and it's got marshes around it and freeways, and it looks like, oh, Jimmy Hoffa's over there. Technically, that was, it's yeah, in I mean, New that, Jersey, yes. Well, I mean, it's just it's in this weird sort of area, yeah. and it's like, well, what are you going to do? You, you know, you can't put it over here. You can't put it over there. So the downside, we're very, very lucky that in Los Angeles, we have these iconic arenas. You know, Rose Bowl, the Coliseum. Well, Stan Kroenke is the richest owner in sports. That thing had a $3 billion overrun, and SoFi's magnificent. The hardest part of SoFi was finding the room in Los Angeles because real estate's so expensive. So the great thing about, um, you know, I, I noticed that when I was out east and I went a couple of times to MetLife Stadium. I'm like, this is just n not appealing. Where are you going to put the stadium? I mean, there's a reason two teams have to share the stadium in L.A. and New York. There's a reason. If you had another team in Chicago, you'd have to share the stadium. There's just not enough real estate, and the stuff that's there, it costs a fortune. So th that's the great thing. If you look at a lot of the great stadiums, a lot of them are in areas where you got a little room. you got a little elbow room. I go all the time. I go, you know, I'll go to Salt Lake. My favorite NBA arena is the Jazz Arena. It Vivian it, Well, it, and now it's Delta Center, and it oh, goes, you know, whatever. Delta's big advertiser there, big hub. But the point being is, it is you can build so much for a reasonable number. They built MetLife for $1.6 It is generic. I don't think it's a bad stadium. It's just literally personality-free. It is completely unmemorable and generic, and that's what $1.6 gets you in a parking lot 
next to a horse track in a couple of weird a mall with marshes and freeways. It's not a. I mean, no fan base in America <laughs> pays more and gets less than New York. Beers, parking, tickets, and what do you get? Underachieving team. So. When the, when they, I mean, uh, when's a, the last? This is quite the rant. Well, I mean, when's the last New York team that overachieved? Um, the Sanchez Jets with Rex Ryan. They there were no expectations a decade. All ago. those pro teams won. I'm sure. Listen, given more time, I'm sure we could come up with some. I'm uh, not knocking New Yorkers. What well, I'm saying the is, New York Giants overachieved. Well, you, you were last talking year. about Omaha, and I'm saying the advantage to Omaha and all these towns that are middle of America. You, I mean, look what Lambo. They just want you know. That's a gorgeous state. Like Lambeau's like the, arguably the best. It's in little tiny town where they have space. Does anybody, not to puncture holes in this, but does anybody go to stadiums because they're gorgeous and beautiful? No, but if I'm paying all this money, shouldn't I get a better experience? Well, I, I'm going to watch a team. Like, yeah, I, I, overpriced hot dogs, that's going to happen. You know, I'm just, I, I want the team yeah, I to think win. going to SoFi, I've gone to SoFi three times. SoFi's pretty awesome. It's also pretty like the awesome. newest stadium in I've been America. to Jerry's Stadium. It's, it does matter. If you keep asking me for season tickets and parking and beers are 13 bucks, you're damn right the stadium experience matters. I mean, MetLife Met Stadium experience, it's nothing against the teams. It's generic. But that's what $1.6 yeah. billion gets you in that part of the country. So if you, everybody always thinks, oh, the big cities. The, the big cities, it's harder to live. It, there are more money, more taxes, more expense. It's hard to live in New York. It's not hard to live in Omaha. It's not hard to live in Wisconsin. They if love we were, their winners. We were doing this exercise at dinner last night. If you could live anywhere in America, where would you live? Uh, and that we had to remove California because we love California. Yeah. And my family was like kind of confused. Like, wh- like, where do you go? Like, we lived in Pennsylvania. We lived in New York. Yeah. Uh, we have relatives in Florida. Like, I don't know. My wife was like, Idaho, Montana. I was like, well, you've never even been there. It's like, come on. We, uh, I'm not, by the, the way, I, I just, I, this is all on the athletic article on the best stadiums. And a lot of them are in smaller markets because it's, I mean, do you know what it isn't Buffalo building a new stadium? If you put that puppy in the Meadowlands park, it's $7 billion. You could not build it. You couldn't get funding for it. Thank God Stan Kroenke wrote some checks or SoFi. That's why SoFi is amazing, the wealth of our owner. I mean, Steve Ballmer, again, the richest owner in the NBA is in Los Angeles, Steve Ballmer. He's, his net worth is more than 28 other NBA owners combined. So Ballmer's going to build a gorgeous arena. He's going to write some checks for it. He bought it from James Dolan. Stan Kroenke, that, that the only reason we have great facilities is we have super rich owners, a lot of them techie and real estate, which in this city is expansive and a big deal. You learn something new about people every day. I didn't know you romanticized stadiums as much as you do. Didn't everybody when we were kids? I love going to stadiums. I took my kids I mean, to a new baseball stadium uh, every year for like seven years. I do remember going to the Sky Dome in Toronto when it had opened like two years earlier, yeah. and it was amazing. It was cool. But I, 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 I'm just not wired like that. I don't think about the stadium. I think about the experience like we were there at SoFi to see Taylor Swift. You know, we were at this stadium to see the I'm Lakers. not saying it's the most important thing. But like when I go to Staples in L.A., they have a great place to park. I can get in out fast. They have great food. They have a place I can go at halftime, hide and have a cocktail. The seating is great. They don't have, you're not, I mean, it's a lot of suites. I'm always like, I go to Dodger Stadium. Beautiful. Now, getting in and out of Dodger Stadium probably keeps me away. Getting in and out of Staples is easy. 
Getting in and out of the Coliseum's easy. Getting in and out of the Rose Bowl's harder. So I do think about the experience. What's in? How long to get in? Out? Am I blowing my whole day here because I'm in parking in a jam for six hours? That's fair. Am I rare here? Or that is, is this. Nobody is quite else a thinks rant. about this. Silence. Radio silence back here for music in the Peanut Gallery. Am I wrong on this? You don't think about that stuff. The quality of, the, I mean, my daughter wanted to go buy a, a present for somebody, and I said, go to a Dodger game. And she went to an afternoon Dodger game. The experience, the food, absolutely elevated it. Beautiful ballpark on a 75-degree summer day in L.A. If it's, if it's 109 degrees and humid in St. Louis, and you got bad seats, you don't think the experience is different? You know what is a good experience at MetLife? When you go there and the Jets beat the Patriots? That's a great experience. Well, it doesn't happen much. So good Hasn't luck with that. Hasn't happened in a while. J-Mac <laughs> with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I'm not going to apologize for wanting good seats in a nice stadium. What, what's wrong with that? You shouldn't. Of course it matters. Look at this guy. He's Don't so go cheap on your stadiums. stadiums. Wow. Uh, all right. So we're talking about New York. Let's stick with Aaron Rodgers and his high praise for Garrett Wilson. Rodgers has linked him, or likened him, sorry, to Devontae Adams, his former All-Pro teammate. That's a lot. Last night on Hard Knocks, former Jet Braylon Edwards, remember him? Yeah. Asked Rodgers about Wilson, and here's what he had to say. The 17, like, special. Hey, bro. Yeah. I'll be so quick, huh? I'm like missing the wrong shoulder. He gets out of his brakes. So damn so quick. On the out down there? Yeah. I saw that. But did you see him grab it and pull it forward? Yeah. Yeah, he's special though. He gets it. Best part is he's a good dude. He's a good kid. He cares about it. You hear that? San- Sanchez was in on that conversation. Good dude. Sanchez or Aaron Rodgers? Well, they're both fine both people. Yeah. I just text one of them and not the other. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so when Randall Cobb at the outside of the show was talking about Jets wide receivers not having their act together, we know he wasn't talking about Garrett Wilson. Okay? It's like Corey Davis? Denzel Mims? I thought, are they still have Mims? I think he's still on the rock. Maybe <laughs> they, they, they should have dumped him by now. But um, anyways, Jets, uh, Garrett Wilson, you're doing a fantasy draft, right? The Fox fantasy draft? I'm not. Wes said you're doing it. What? You're a social media guy. Come I'm not on. doing the fa- I don't do fantasy. I have fantasies. They're not about football players. Oh, dear. Uh, I, speaking- I'm not doing fantasy football. <laughs> speaking of wide receivers, Seahawks got some bad news yesterday. Real crummy. Their rookie, Jackson Smith Najigba, yeah. will have surgery to repair a broken bone in his wrist, putting his week one status in doubt. Here's Pete Carroll on the Rook. He's going to get surgery. He's with a hand specialist. Got a, a, a slight fracture that we just want to make sure that we do the right thing to, to ensure that he gets back uh, as soon as possible and as safe as possible. Uh, we're going to be optimistic about it. You know, that, you know, three, four weeks. We'll see what happens. No, no, yeah, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So week one, we're staying optimistic. We'll see what happens. Yeah. He's a good player. He uh, didn't he get banged up a little bit at Ohio State? A little uh, bit. He got yeah, banged he up. Yeah, I think a hamstring last year missed a lot of the season. I'll yeah. just say this: my daughter happened to injure her wrist at basketball camp. She'd been in cast for three weeks. Supposed to get it off Friday. There's zero chance Jackson said the Jigba is going to have surgery on his wrist and play for Week One. I'll well, just he tell you, said, no said it was a small fracture. And it's a pro athlete. A pro athlete. Who has doctors. Doing pro athlete things. Blocking, catching. Well, I mean, he's got Come the best on. doctors. They're hovering over him. Also, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a grown man. He's probably healing fast. And he barely played last year. What are you rushing him back for? Say, hey, well, there's no role. reason we'll to. Back week three. Well, there's no rush. It's a, lo- it's a marathon, not a sprint. Metcalf and Lockett are well, healthy. The Seahawks this be silly. didn't say they were going to rush him back. There's no reason to rush him back. I don't know, man. He's uh-huh. a good he's a good player though. I'm always air on the side of caution. Yeah. But, you uh, do? Since when? 
when it comes to injuries of players in football, <laughs> not myself. I just let the let it all hang out. All right, finally, Baker Mayfield officially named QB one of the Bucks yesterday. He won that thrilling preseason battle with Kyle Trask. Baker will now start for the fourth team of his career and will hope to turn things around in Tampa. I can't believe he's got that financial thing. That's brutal. I feel I bad. expect to be the starter. I know how talented I am. I know what type of leader I am. Um, now it's just it's time for the real thing. So we're about to have the real games, and uh, everybody's excited here. I feel like I was comfortable enough within the system, commanded the offense, and, and able to get guys in the right spots. And, um, yeah, it's not saying anything against anybody else, but uh, I just feel like I'm in good command of the offense right now. It's a special honor. Um, living out a dream, but now is not the time to be satisfied. So, uh, yeah, I think all of our guys are ready uh, to, to push through this regular season and see where we go. Baker Mayfield opens in Minnesota. I'm sure another another city with a great stadium, right? Huh? It, that has the number one stadium. Minnesota? In the heartland. Number one stadium was Minnesota. Haven't been there. I've heard it's amazing. Wait, wait, in the country or in the heartland? In, in, no, no, no. The number one NFL stadium was Minnesota. I think Lambeau was three. What is SoFi? It was up there. It's up there. Jeez. But by the way, you can afford in Minneapolis and in, in you know Green Bay, you can afford cost overruns and because real estate is not. Well, as I just think pricey. it's very hard in these big cities. You keep you soaking people on taxes and then go ask them to build a stadium. People are like, no, it's hard enough to live here. It's expensive enough. It's hard to get public funding in Los Angeles, California, anywhere. It's hard. It's, I think it's easier in a small town when the, the city is feels connected to that one pro team. I think it's much easier in, you know, a Cincinnati or a San Antonio or a, to, to connect with people and say, hey, like, we're not going anywhere. Pass a bond. I, I don't know. It feels easier. It, you're not going to get that funding in Los Angeles. I'll tell you that. I'm just going to power down and let you go on this stadium stuff. You are fired up about it. I, I like hearing this. I don't have much to add because I hate this. I, I just don't really care that much about stadiums. Well, a lot of people care about uniforms. I don't care about that. People, people collect, people collect baseball cards. I don't care about that. Not anymore. But I, the experience matters. People play fantasy. I don't yeah. care about no, that. No, no, no. Come on. But fantasy I love football. Go, I, I love like that. Love going to a new stadium. I love just going to a new stadium, finding a beer garden, a good place oh, to have a burger, on. good sight lines. Beer garden guy. Hey, are you a beer garden guy? I'll, I'll, I am where the people are. Resonate with the people. Okay. Are we done with this goofy segment? <laughs> J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Yeah. It is funny about that. The first time I went to Yankee Stadium, it, it smelled like uh, it was an old stadium. And two guys behind me are getting into a fight, you know, like getting all roughed up. And the one thing my takeaway was I was hungry, but there was nowhere in the stadium to eat and watch the game simultaneously. If you left, you didn't watch the game. And I was like, how can New Yorkers not figure that out? Like, you go to Dodger Stadium, there's 25 places to eat, and I can watch the game. And it's so the new Yankee Stadium, everybody complains about, but at least I can eat and watch the game. If I'm going to go to a game and I'm going to be there for four and a half hours, you got to give me something beyond a hot dog, right? Is that too bougie? I like getting, do I have to have a, if I bought season tickets, I have to have a hot dog every night? I got no sushi. I can't get a crab cake. It's the summer. You got to give me something. I don't think that's bougie. I think it's like if I'm going sushi to sushi a- at a sporting event is not bougie. What am I going to have a hot dog every night? Hamburger every night. Corn dog. I'm taking my beautiful wife. You think she's going to eat a corn dog? And loves a good funnel cake. <laughs> 
Come on. <laughs> sushi? Really? Oh, yeah. It's so over the top. Nobody that, eats that's sushi. That's coastal elite if I've ever heard it. <laughs> By the way, I never had sushi until post-college. That's like, I'm not a coastal elite. Don't try to pin me down in that crew, man. I didn't have sushi until I was like 25 let me, years old. Let me old. tell you something. My wife always uses a term. Set the tone. We're going to go out tonight. Set the tone. Send me a cute text. Set the tone. I bring a funnel cake and a corn dog to Anne. I have crushed the tone. That's Heartland, baby. Funnel cakes and corn dogs. Every night, if I'm a season no, ticket holder. Every night. I can't once bring over a nice uh, filet of fish sandwich or something nicer. You know? Filet of, where are you going, McDonald's? <laughs> filet of fish? I cannot believe you. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Saturday, it's baseball night in America on Fox. Catch Arenado and the Cardinals as they look to play spoiler against Bryce Harper and the Phillies, or the Cubs take on the Pirates, or Rangers Twins. It all goes down Saturday at 6.30 Eastern on Fox. Check for the game in your area. The Yankees are not listed there because they've now lost officially nine straight games. In fact, let me read this. According to Elias Sports Bureau, 
The Yankees' last 10-game losing streak was in 1913. That's insane. This is a bad Yankee team. That means they're going to point fingers. Here's Aaron Boone after another loss. Nine straight losses. How would you characterize the morale of the room right now? Pretty down. Um, but we got to, you know, we got to fight through it. I mean, that's, again, we, you know, I think we're doing and saying the right things. Um, but it's, you know, we're in it to win it. And when you get beat over and over again and you're in the middle of a tough season, it makes it hard. But it's no fun walking in that locker room getting beat every night. The Yankees have not been bad. They haven't been bad for 31 years. Notre Dame went 15 years without winning a bowl game. The Lakers have had mostly a dreary decade. Michigan football had back-to-back coaches that didn't work. Steve Jobs left Apple. It caved. Disney's had a rough three years. The Patriots are now the fourth most talented team easily in their own division. The Yankees have made the playoffs 24 of 29 seasons. Insane. The only Major League Baseball team even close is the Braves, and they're not that close. Even a team that has multiple World Series rings in the last 20 years, the Giants have only made the playoffs nine out of 29 seasons. Yankees fans are a bit spoiled. Alabama football, USC football have had bad decades, right? Like it happens. The Yankees made one big mistake. I'm a baseball casual, but John Carlos Stanton never made sense. He's never available. They already had Aaron Judge. They didn't have to pay all his salary, but a lot of it. The Yankees' problem appears to be not that they buy good players, but they don't combine that with developing good players as well. The Braves buy an occasional first baseman or outfielder, but they develop most of their stars. The Dodgers R&D research and development is through the roof. They develop their own guys. But in the last 15 years, maybe look at the Yankees scouting department, who's entered it, how long they've been there. Name an ace they have drafted and developed. One ace. I mean, just look at the Dodgers. You've got multiple. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, uh, Urias, uh, Dustin May, who's right now injured, the big kid, floppy red hair. That's what they do. Braves do the same thing. So I don't know. I mean, the John Carlos Stanton acquisition, I, I didn't really get. They had Judge. They had power. I think he's made one all-star game. He's hitting in the 100s now, 190 or something like that. It's just they don't have enough good players. It's okay to buy. Miami and the Warriors do a really good job. They draft and develop their players, but occasionally go trade or buy a really good player. And Andrew Wiggins, they get an Andre Iguodala. They got Bogut at one point. Miami does a great job of that. You know, they draft and develop, bam, then they go get Jimmy Butler. Uh, Miami and Golden State do a great job. You don't want to be Brooklyn where you buy all your stars. You don't want to be the Packers where you get no stars, almost no free agents. It's a really nice balance, and I just don't, I don't see the Yankees as having uh, great balance drafting and developing like lively high-end arms I don't see it but again I'm a baseball casual I don't sit and read baseball America all day but that's what it feels like to me uh you can blame Brian Cashman but he's got multiple trophies uh you can blame the players but you are what you are uh seems to me they just don't draft and develop enough good guys you can't just buy everybody Garrett Cole's been worth the money uh Aaron Judge is the one guy they drafted and developed that's their guy they did a great job with him Torres is okay 
Uh, but they just they just don't do it like the Braves and the Dodgers do. So, and part of it is the Yankees have made the playoffs 24 or 29 years. People are spoiled. Notre Dame went a long time after Lou Holtz. Notre Dame, the face of college football for 50 years. After Lou Holtz, they missed on a lot of coaches. It wasn't until Brian Kelly came, and Brian Kelly got nothing for nothing but heat for years, and then everybody finally realized, yeah, he's really, really good. Now he's going to go in a natty eventually at LSU. Notre Dame went three or four coaches, couldn't get it right. Notre Dame. Notre Dame once hired a high school football coach, Jerry Faust. This stuff's not easy. But the Yankees continue to be really good. This is the first awful year in, I think, 31 years we looked it up this morning. They're not bad very often. This is rare. It's okay. I also don't know this to be true, but it feels like this. It feels like about 10 years ago, um, the Yankees had the Yes Network, and it, it, it like produced 400 million bucks of revenue a year, and they could just go buy whoever they want. But it does feel like now the Mets have more money because they have a richer owner than the Yankees. The Dodgers appear to have more money. They're going to go buy Otani, I would guess. The Braves are well-funded. So is Houston. It doesn't feel like the Yankees get everybody they want. And if you're a player, the taxes are higher. The pressure's more. Players now can live anywhere and make a lot of money. Maybe it's just not attractive to the free agents on the fence unless you massively overpay for them. That could be true. But the John Carlo Stanton move doesn't feel like it paid off. They already had Judge. And to their credit, they drafted and developed Judge. Deserve credit for that. Don't do that a lot with their pitchers. Don't. But again, I'm a baseball casual. You're a baseball casual. You're a real casual. That's okay. We all pick our sports we like. I'm a NASCAR casual. I kind of know it, but I don't get it. It's okay. Yeah, I think you got to kind of narrow down your domain of expertise, really drill down deep. Yeah. NFL, college football, NBA, that's my stuff. Yeah, those are three, you know, and you can't do them all. You know, like we got lives. We have families. I can't watch, you know, when you look at the Yankees in in June, I just if I said to you, oh, oh, give me the pitchers they've drafted and developed, I got nothing. And I know I live in Los Angeles, so I look at the the Dustin Mays, the Clayton Kershaws, Urias, uh, Walker Bueller. He got injured, but it's like it feels like the Dodgers. And by the way, they had this other guy, their closer for years. It was like a, was the guy was like a Kenley Jansen. Like I think he was, was like. He was a catcher, and he became a – I don't even know if he was a pitcher. And they developed him into a great closer for years. So it was – Hockey. Are you on hockey? I like vodka on ice. <laughs> That's what I like on ice. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your 5-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 
An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.